Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Sound doctrine is brought. 
to the ears of thousands of God's Amen. God bless you, children of God. Once again, we greet each of you in the mighty, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. We thank God for another beautiful day, the privilege to be able to worship such a wonderful God in spirit and in truth. For that's the way God wants you and I to worship him in spirit and in truth. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we just finished our most recent topic entitled what, Zane? That was my case. This is my case. We thank God for so many great revelations he shared with us concerning that particular topic. If you did not uh, hear that series, I encourage you to go back and hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to you. Not what he has to say to your husband. Not what he has to say to your wife. Not what he has to say to your children, or your parents, or your brothers, or your sisters. But hear, let us hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us. Because at the end of the day, what we're going to find is that our walk with Christ was an individual walk. And we're not going to be able to use that as an excuse. Our husbands or our wives or our mothers or our fathers or our sisters or our brothers. And God's not going to hear that stuff. At the end of the day, your walk with Christ, my walk with Christ is an individual. It's a personal relationship. And that's what Christianity is. It's a personal relationship with God. You take a father that has 10 children, every one of those children is going to be a different relationship. So it is with us as children of God. Every one of us has a different uh, relationship with God. And what we're to do is to cultivate that relationship and, 
and 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 uh, do the things that will cause that relationship to grow and to flourish. Just like every marriage, there's never been two marriages that have been exactly alike. There's never been two people that have been exactly alike. Stuff don't be exactly alike. But what God wants you and I to do is to be the best that we can be. We're going to move on because our new topic is when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. When it's time to move on, it's time to move on. I mean, it's almost self-explanatory. Sometimes we can get in very serious trouble with God trying to stay back when God is saying move on. In the natural, mess around and let your, your class graduate. Mess around and graduate from high school. And you graduated with the class of 2016 and you're going to decide you're going to continue going back to the high school and sitting up in the classes and being around. No, they're going to get you for trespassing. Why? Because what they are saying is it's your time has, it's been your time to move on. We're going to look at capital A in our outline. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? We're going to look at a familiar passage of scripture, Exodus chapter 14, with a special focus on verse 15, Exodus chapter 14 with a very special focus on verse 15 yes from the new international version our scripture reads Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Capital A, why are you crying? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you. We reverence you. We laud. We magnify you. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. Appreciate you, Father, for being who you are and doing what you do. We trust, Father, that as we have gathered together this evening to study, to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen and women who do not need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide the word of truth, you will give us a word from your storehouse of wisdom that will increase us, that will edify us, rebuke us. For you have told us in your word that all scripture is God-breathed. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Equip us this evening, Father, for every good work that we may be good in everything that you have set our hands to do. Help us, Father, to be good fathers and mothers, good sons and daughters, good brothers and sisters, good pastors, good congregation members, good apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, good deacons, mothers, saints, and friends. Help us, Father, to be good at what we have set our hands to do that your name, which is above all other names, will be glorified, exalted, and praised. This is our prayer in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, let God's people say amen. Why are you crying? We are in Scripture in Exodus chapter 14. Another test for the Israelites. The reason why I say another test is because the Israelites had been tested many times before. 
They were tested when Moses first went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh was like, you know, who is the Lord? What is what kind of talk is this? Now, where, where are you coming in here? You're just coming in here off the street like this Moses talking. Kind of, tell you what you're going to do. Y'all, what you is, is lazy. What you're going to do is you're going to make more, you're going to make the same quota of bricks. The difference is you're not going to get any straw. That was a test. You say, Apostle, what's that got to do with me? You need to understand that before the great moves of God can take place and will take place in your life, sometimes you will have to, most times you will have to experience the great suffering before you get to the great move. Here, the people were excited. Somebody talking about us being free from slavery 430 years. Oh, everybody's excited until things got worse. Yes, there's going to be times in your walk with God where things are going to get worse. There's going to be times in your marriage where things are going to get worse. There's going to be times in your family when things are going to get worse. Sometimes we have things have to get worse in our bodies before we receive our miraculous healing. Bear in mind that oftentimes when it comes down to the things of God, things get much, much worse before they get much, much better. And God will purposefully do that. God said, because what I'm doing is I'm testing you and I'm humbling you to see what is in your heart. Are you going to take by faith what I have promised you or are you going to walk by sight looking at how bad things have got? Israelites are being tested again. They were tested in Egypt. And now they are tested out of Egypt. You need to understand that you were tested before you were saved, and you are going to be tested now that you are saved. Tragic thing about the test of God is that sometimes we fail the same test over and over and over again. If you go back to verse 10, you will see the Israelites failing a test. Again, after all the miracles God has worked, after all the mighty displays of God's power, after all the good and gracious things that God had done for his people, they stand right up and fail another test. The Bible says in verse 10, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. Now, I got to deal with that because God said, Robert, that's a lot of time what you all's problem is. Looking, looking. These natural eyes, if they are not tempered by the eyes of faith, will get us in more trouble than anything else. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Our natural eyes are meant to, just like everything that takes place in the natural, it must first take place in the spiritual. Okay? Are we in agreement? We understand that. In other words, where were you and I before we were in the natural or in this physical realm? We were in the mind of God. God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So everything that takes place in the physical realm must first have taken place in the spiritual realm. Well, when man fell in the garden, he started to look natural first. God created us with the capacity and with the hope and with the, the desire that we would look spiritual first. So God wants you and I to see with the spiritual so that we can really understand what we're seeing with the natural. If you see with the spiritual, you'll understand that when trials come in your life, that's a sign of promotion when you're looking through the spiritual. But if you're looking through the natural, when trials come in your life, you just see it as, as, as hell. 
as, as, as something that is painful, something that is hurting. When, when you're looking through the spiritual, you'll know that you've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death before you can get to the table that is prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. When you look through the spiritual, you, the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus was able to look beyond the cross. If Jesus was just looking at the cross, and how bad it hurt and how humiliating it was and how it was going to hurt his hands and hurt his he would he would but he looked beyond the cross and he saw eternal life for you and me he looked beyond the cross and he saw millions upon millions and maybe even billions upon billions of souls that would be saved he looked beyond the cross he saw with the spiritual because when you see with the spiritual, what you see in the natural doesn't affect you as much. But if all you see in is with the natural, if you look at death, and this is why this is why the world, no matter how they try to portray themselves, no matter how they try to the, the, the act tough and that, they're afraid of death. They're afraid of death. See, because they have no connection with the Creator, they don't know what's after death. They don't know what's what is what's after death. They see death as the end, but you and I as children of God, because we can see through the eyes of faith or through we, because we can see through spiritual eyes, we know that death to live is Christ and to die is gain. So looking through the eyes, we're talking about moving on. You want to move on with God. You've got to start seeing things through the eyes of the spirit. You've got to start seeing things through the eyes of faith. The Bible says as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians. Now, watch this now. And here's the, here's the thing. These, the same Egyptians that God just rained down ten plagues on. We just watched him do that. These, the same Egyptians that while darkness was all over their portion of the land, we could still see in our portion of the land. These, the same Egyptians that the firstborn of their homes, the firstborn of their flocks, the firstborn of their herds, die, but not one of the firstborn of our, these the same Egyptians that we have watched God get victory over time and time again. And God is saying to his people, I'm trying to get you to a place where you're no longer afraid of the Egyptians in your life. You say, Apostle, who are the Egyptians in your life? The Egyptians represent the enemies in your life. The Egyptians represent forces in your life that you could not contend with on your own. The Egyptians represent the, the, the best and the baddest that man got to offer. God, God is trying to get you and I to a place where we are no longer afraid of the Egyptians. Pharaoh approached. The Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Now I'm seeing God in the spiritual realm saying, I will be here. I will be here again after all the miracles after all the plagues after all the supernatural displays and manifestations of my of my power in your life we are here again i'm hearing god say it's when it's time to move on it's time to move on and that's not always physically because a lot of times God be saying, look, if I can get you to move on spiritually, you'll move on physically. Because before it takes place in the physical realm, it must first take place in the spiritual realm. God said, you all have left Egypt physically. 
but you still have a slave mentality. Uh-oh, do that sound familiar? Black folk? Well, I know a lot of y'all not going to like me for preaching this right here. Many of us as African Americans in this country have left slavery some, some I don't know how many hundreds of years ago physically, but, but spiritually in our mind still slaves. If you're still thinking that white folk can stop your blessing, you're still a slave. If you, if you really think that white, if you really think as a child of God that white folk can stop you from getting what God got for you, you're still a slave in your mind. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God says, I open doors for you, Robert Bryant, that no man can close, white, black, red, or green. God says that if I be for you, who can be against you? If you still thinking out there, you say, yeah, you know, white folks stop me from, white folks stop, white man can't, but white man got it. You still a slave. Israelites were still slaves in their mentality. Not realizing that they could do anything their God wanted them to do. That they could go anywhere their God wanted them to go. That they could have anything their God wanted them to have. And so it is with us. The Bible says they were terrified. You still running around afraid of man? The Bible says the fear of man will prove to be a snare. You are trapped. You just as trapped as Kunta Kinte was when the slave owners got him and put the chains on his feet. You trapped. Terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert of die? Now look at what happens. They have completely abandoned the, the purpose of God. God, they, they, you see, 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 and that, that's what has happened to many of us, especially as African-Americans. You know, I got to deal with our people because I'm, I'm one. We've completely abandoned the purpose of God, many of us. Shooting, killing one another, fighting, destroying, tearing up. You, you destroying the purpose of God. God got a purpose for you out there, young brother. And I guarantee you it's not being in no gang trying to shoot somebody over a pair of Air Jordans. Now they have the Israelites have abandoned the purpose of God. They doubt now they doubt the 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 plan of God. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out in the desert to die? God didn't bring them out in the desert to die. He brought them out in the desert to live. So you got to understand that that is God's God the God wants you to live. God wants you to not only have life, but he wants you to have it abundantly. It's you that think that God brought you out to die. It's you that think that, you know, God God got some, some terrible plan for you. No, God got a good plan for you. But if you won't listen to God's good plan, now you have chosen a terrible plan. It's not that God got a terrible plan for you, but if you won't obey God, you have chosen Satan's plan for you. And I guarantee you, he got a bad plan for you. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? 
let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. See, now what has happened? You have introduced a dynamic that God never introduced. God never said anything about dying in the desert. You did. And that's what ended up happening to many of the Israelites, not because it was God's plan, not because God ever said anything to them about that, but because you did. And God told them in Numbers chapter 14, the very th I will do to you the very things I heard you say. God said, you talk, you talk that up. You talk that up. God said, when did I say, when did I say anything about dying in the, in the wilderness? I'm talking about y'all worshiping me, having a festival for me, three-day festival. And where, where is this coming from? You talk that up. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You won't need to only be still. Last part of what Moses said, God said absolutely wrong answer. Then absolutely wrong answer now. God is not talking about us standing still. He's talking about us standing still in terms of being settled in our hearts and being settled in our mind. But our God is a God of movement. And God wants you and I to move on. God is not a stagnant God. God is not a God. God is into movement. He's into his people moving. He's into his people growing. He's into his people developing. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say this? Moses said, stand still. Yeah, Moses said, stand still. But God's response was not stand still. The Bible says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites, move on. God is telling somebody under the sound of my voice this evening, move on. You done been crying about that nonsense. You done been crying about folk that don't like you. You done been crying about folk that have hurt your feelings. You've been crying about you've been crying you've been crying about that job that you done lost. You done cried about them folk that move on. Move on. Tell the Israelites, thousands of years ago, God told Moses. Tell the Israelites, move on. Today, God said, I'm telling my apostles and prophets to tell my, my children, move on. Move on. Just move on. Raise your staff. Now, 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 we got to deal, we got to deal a little bit with this staff because, because God, that staff, God, that staff, and Moses had a special relationship. Because it was that staff that God used to first blow Moses' what? Mind. That was one of the first things God did. Now, God, you know, God, God had done some things prior to the staff. God was in a, a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. But that didn't shake Moses up. Moses was curious. Moses was going to the burning bush. See what's happening. See this strange sight. But when, he, when God told him to throw that staff down, and he threw it down and it became a snake, Moses ran from that. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? The reality is that there are some moves of God that some of us will run to and some moves of God that some of us will run from. The tragic thing about this generation, say if the Lord, is that, Robert, a lot of this generation is running from sound doctrine. A lot of you all out there under the sound of my voice, oh, you running to some songs. You running to some singing. You running to, but you're running from sound doctrine. 
Moses ran from the staff. He went, he went to the burning bush. Let me see this strange sight. Let me see. Let me see. But then when God displayed his power in another way, same God, same power, he just displayed it in another way, Moses took off running. You say, Apostle, what is the prayer? The prayer tonight is, Father, help us to go to every display of your power. Not to pick and choose. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to go listen to the choir, but I don't want to hear no sound doctrine. Oh, I'm willing to go hear some preaching, but I don't want to hear no teaching. Oh, I'm ready to go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. God, Moses, and his staff had a special relationship because God taught Moses. See, see. And see, this, this is why you can't operate without your staff, even though you ran from it. You can't operate. You cannot do the fullness of what God wants you to do running from your staff because it's your staff that you're going to need. You don't see where Moses needed no burning bush later on, but Moses needed that staff in this situation. That staff is symbolic of that that you running, you've been running from, which is the very thing that your hind part needs. You out there running from the word of God. How crazy is that? The devil is laughing. Oh, my God. He can bust you upside your head anytime he get, he get permission from God. The adversary loves to see so-called children of God or children of God running from the word of God because all that do is give him more than what he can do. He don't like to see us in the word of God because that makes us dangerous sheep. God said, raise your staff. God didn't say, uh, God didn't say, uh, 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 remember what you saw with the burning bush. Mm-mm. God said, that very thing that you, remember you took off running from? That's the very thing that you need in this situation. Very thing that you out there under the sound of my voice you need is the word of God. And that's the very thing a lot of you is running from just as hard as you can. Rather watch TV. Rather go to work. Rather uh, play video game, rather rather sleep, rather and what you need for what's coming. God said, "Look, because I know this." God said, "Look, I knew way back there in the deserts of Midian that you were gonna need this staff sometime later at the Red Sea. You running from it? You running from it? The word that you are running from today is the word that you're going to need at some point in your future. I guarantee you that. I'm about to close this message. I ain't going to keep right on preaching and teaching him today. Keep running if you want to. Then down the road when you don't know what to do, when that day of evil comes, whose fault is that? Then when that day comes, where the word that God was trying to give to you five years earlier, you didn't want to hear that. You, you decided you, now you don't know what to do. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. Now, God is, is kind of twisting my brain a little bit right here. I, it's almost like I feel like my eyes is almost like rolling back a little bit in my head. Because for years, now watch this now, and this might blow some of you all's minds, because it's blowing mine right here, and I'm just hearing God 
just kind of giving me a corner of this. When we think of the waters being divided, we watched the Ten Commandments on Charlton Heston on TV. We saw the waters standing up on the left and standing up on the right. But God is giving me a new twist on this thing tonight, and it's blowing my mind. The division of the waters, God says, was more than that. And I'm having to hear God as we go. Because the divisions of the waters was also where the waters were up for the Israelites and down for the Egyptians. That's a, it's a different division. We, we, when we think of the waters being divided, we normally, at least me, we think of the water being on one side and the water being on the other side so the, the Israelites could go through. But another division of the waters was that the water was up miraculously for God's people and flowing normally for the Egyptians. And what do you say, Apostle? Well, what's the symbolism there? What is, that, that God has got some miraculous moves for us as his children that he don't have for the world. There's some things God do for, for both us and the world, but then there's some special things that God do for his children, about like most of us. You know, you a parent out there, that's going to be you. That's, you're probably going to try, if you, you, you're a relatively decent person, you're going to try to do good things for, for uh, uh, children because we know that's a good thing to do, you know, unless you're some kind of a pervert or some kind. We try to do good things for children. But you know you're going to have some special things that you're going to do for your children. Divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the heart of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots, his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I, the Egyptians will know. Now that that's strong. God said the Egyptians will know. You mean to tell me after all that they done experienced, after all that they done seen, they still don't know? God said the Egyptians will know. That's future tense. That means that God is saying they still ain't got this thing. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? What you got to understand, child of God, is that some folk just ain't still ain't got this thing. Have seen miracles, have experienced the blessings of God. Some of you all out there have got big time, big time positions. Some of you all out there have got big time blessings. Some of you all have got big time healings, big time, and you still ain't got this thing. Bible said the Egyptians will know. That means after all, that means that God said, look, after all that I have done to them, after all the plagues, after all the miraculous displays of my power, it, God said they still ain't got it, but they will. And God is saying that to every one of you under the sound of my voice, whether you got it or not. You will get it. I guarantee you, you will get it. Say, Pastor, what you saying we're going to get? For those of you that may know or don't know that Jesus Christ is Lord and beside him there is none other, you will get it. Guarantee you that. God said the Egyptians will get it. They ain't got it. They, they ain't got it. Because if they'd have got it, they'd have stayed their hind parts back in Egypt and let God's people go, like God been saying from Jump Street. But they ain't got it. The reality is they just ain't got it. And, and we have, as children of God, we got to be able to discern when folk just still really ain't got it. Just ain't there. You really ain't got it. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front 
of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. Now, you need to understand something about the angel that God has encamped round about you. Now, for those of you that are watching me on, on the TV or YouTube or however you got your thing set up, you see me circling this podium. You see me circling it. Well, understand that in spiritual realms, God has got an angel of the Lord that is circling you. And that, that angel of the Lord that is circling you is not only leading your way and making sure that your way is cleared out behind you, in front of you, but he is also at times behind you to deal with anybody that wants to try to sneak up on you. Bible says the pillar of cloud also moved from in front of them and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night. The cloud brought darkness to the one side, light to the other side, so that neither went near the other. All night long. God was serious about it being time for his people to move on. And what you got to understand, child of God, is that when it's time to move on, you may not feel like you're ready. You might not feel like you have what it takes. You might not feel like, but God, when God knows it's time to move on, God will make supernatural, if he has to, he will make supernatural allowances for you. God will not give you a vision of moving on and then not give a provision for you to move on. God knew the Red Sea was in front of the Israelites, and God knew Pharaoh's army was behind them. An impossible situation in the natural, but God says, I operate above the natural. God says, I operate beyond the natural. God said, Robert, I operate in a realm that you cannot comprehend. I operate in a realm that you cannot fathom. God says, and I have a surpassingly great power that is at work within my children that they cannot, that they cannot comprehend. God, in essence, said to Moses and the Israelites is that the power to handle this situation is already with you. And I want to encourage somebody under the sound of my voice. I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to know. But the power to handle it, child of God, is already what? within you. May God continue to bless each of you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensternchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join some talk shoes, precast YouTube and iTunes. At 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily on Talk Show Call 724-444-7444 and to ID 17959. On type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Star Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talk Show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.